This is the Passion Lands A Lot of Team podcast, the top producing real estate team from New York City to the Hamptons. We bring you content week in and week out on all things real estate, finance, and lifestyle. Enjoy. What up, everybody? (laughs) We are back. And... We have Jonathan in the studio today, who has welcomed our uh, a new little little bambina into the world. <laughs> Curious to know what that's been like. Uh, I myself have three kids. Mike has two, so we've been down. We've been in the trenches. Um, <laughs> congratulations! That's awesome. Thank you. Tell me about it, man. What's going on? What's new? Uh, well, everything's new, I guess you'd say. Um, it is a complete uh, world changer. Oh, yeah. Um, don't no... you love, by the way, time out. I know I'm going to cut you off here, but, <laughs> and it's real early, but don't you love how your buddies are, or prior to this world changer, there was absolutely no conception of what this world change would actually be. And you're... Yeah, none. <laughs> none, right? None. none. You can't. We were talking about this the other day. You can't prepare for it. There's nothing, no matter what someone says, like you, you just can't fathom. Mm-hmm. Like the good and bad differences part of it. Like you just can't fathom nothing can any, pay yeah, for any it. part of it. No. 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 <laughs> no. no. I remember, I mean, look, I'm not going to lie. My wife took the brunt of it. But I just remember thinking, fuck, how much extra time did I have? Yeah, that mm-hmm. I just didn't <laughs> yeah. realize. Yeah, I had, you know, yeah. well, just even like to sit down and watch a Netflix show. Like at this point in my life, to do that, it doesn't happen until after 10 p.m. And really, I should be catching up on sleep at that time. Yeah, you know. But what do you got? You she's got you up all night. Yeah, it's funny because you do you do you think you're so busy, yeah. and then all of a sudden you have the kid and you realize that you didn't know what busy was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to make so much more time. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like you, she, she's now there, like she's now part of your family. Your family just went from two to three. Um, so that's all like an amazing feeling. That's really cool. You know, you stare at her and she just stares back at you. Yeah. Um, and that's, I still, I still like the even, best feeling in the world. I still even now, sometimes I come home, I'm like, these three kids are mine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. You know? laughs> and my daughter, my, my oldest daughter's four. So it's. I don't know. I can't explain it. It's it's a to- it's it's an interesting total life change. The time commitment, the lack of sleep, that oh, yeah. ends, and then you you forget about it, and then you have another, and you go right back down that road. Um, but yeah, man, I remember having high aspirations of like wanting five kids, you know, <laughs> like because I have an aunt that that had five <laughs> kids, and you know their their house was like the house to be when we when we were growing up and all that good stuff. It was fun. Uh, but then you start having it's like Jesus Christ, this is insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wanted four. I think I'm down to three now. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Each think, one is just going yeah. to chop that tree down. I slowly. think I think I'll stay at three, but we'll see. <laughs> and then once you get to two, you're going to be like, let's pump the brakes a little before three. It's <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're pumping the brakes a little now. We're going to before two. Yeah. yeah let yeah, her yeah, let her grow yeah. up a little bit, and then yeah. we'll. Then we'll see. What about you, Mike? You're gonna go for more or what? Yeah, definitely. I think the best thing you could do is give him a sibling. You know, they yeah. play. They it's like their best friends. They play together. They have so much fun. Yeah. 
And you want them to be somewhat close in age, in my opinion, at least, because then they you don't th- want then that straggler. Friends. You don't want the straggler. You don't. <laughs> you don't want that third kid that's like four years removed from the older two, <laughs> who's like strange and odd and some. You know, <laughs> they have just, to be strange and odd. Yeah. They, well, think about it. They're you have these two that are kind of grouped together that they're sort of going through the same things as life goes on, mm-hmm. and then this third one is kind of doing it all alone. So believe it or not, like the, the the personality profiles of the two are probably much more similar than that third. Yeah. Right? Or the, Could be. the latter two, let's say. I mean, if you think about it, my personal personality profile and Danielle's is very different than the other two, right? Yeah, so true. you you kinda get this dichotomy that changes as time goes on because it's it's different. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know about the personality, but for me, it's. I could see it both ways. So if you wait a little bit, it's definitely easier because your your older kids are a little more independent. They're not babies. Having yep. two under two, or two under three, or three under four, whatever it is, is tough. So I could see it that way. But also, like if you're in the trenches, as you said, and you got the diapers and the bottles, and they're all out. Then just keep it going. I don't want to put the <laughs> bottles and the diapers away yeah. and then have to go yeah. back to it. So but just, it's it, out. Let's go. Let's, it's like let's getting it hit out. with a Moab bomb, though, for five <laughs> years. That's, that's how you feel. That's literally what it's like. Awesome. You get used to it. You get in a groove. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, you're headed to Disneyland, man. Yes. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So what are the pl- – I mean, I haven't even thought about Disneyland in 25 years. Mm-hmm. So explain to me – like what the plan is, what how it's all shaping up, and, and what's even there these days? I don't even know. Bas- basically, my father-in-law just went ahead, and he didn't even talk to anyone. <laughs> he just booked a house in Orlando. He rented uh-huh. a house in Orlando. This is this is a few months ago. And he's like, I'm going to take everyone to Disneyland. And then he got everyone flights, and he bought the tickets. So, you know, the whole trip's on him, which is great. We're appreciative of, because nice. I, uh, I wouldn't have just <laughs> yeah, booked a trip initiative. like that. Um, not because of the money, but I just wouldn't have done it. Come visit. I've things. heard of people going to Disneyland just like just their particular family, but not not with help. Like mm-hmm. you're going with the extended family, and the park is apparently like a little insane. It's very busy, and you have kids that just take off in multiple directions because yeah. one kid sees Buzz Lightyear, the other kid sees yeah. Cinderella, and. And the next thing you know, your your wife, everyone's <laughs> chasing everyone. So you you're doing it right with the extended family because everyone's gonna have eyes on the kids, and you could actually kind of enjoy yourself. Yeah. But from what I understand, and I've spoken to a few people, some people, everyone says the kids absolutely love it over the moon about mm-hmm. it, and it's like a it's an insane adventure for them. But from the parent standpoint, you might you and Sam might need another vacation after <laughs> this vacation. I think it'll be good. I'm optimistic. So we're we're, we're flying out tonight. And then we're there till Friday. So it's like, it's like five days, I think, we're there. Uh-huh. Um, and then so Disney, what it is, they have four parks. They have Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and one more. And each park is a whole different – Hollywood Studios maybe. That might be the fourth one. Uh-huh. So then we got tickets for three days. We only got tickets for three days. And then like Orlando has tons of stuff. They have a Lego museum. You could do like crocodile things. And there's yeah. all sorts of stuff yeah. in Orlando to do. So, well, you know, a couple of days we'll relax. You know what's probably do whatever. Awesome is, is the Animal Kingdom. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just going in there and seeing like a 
silverback gorilla just walk up. Well, there's the safari, and then there's there's also rides <laughs> in Animal Kingdom, and yeah. there's shows in all of them. I mean, I don't know. I haven't been since I was a kid. Yeah. But we got these fast passes, so you can go. There's an app. You go online, and you can book like an hour time slot that you're going to show up and be able to cut the line. Yeah. And then, but like all the good rides. Like, there's this Avatar ride I really yeah, wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, tell me about that. I don't, so I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, and uh-huh. he said it's basically the best ride in existence, like the best ride ever. And apparently it is, because even the Fast Passes are sold out, because uh-huh. you can't just let, obviously there's a limited number of those, you can't just let everyone cut the line at 12 p.m., that won't work. Yeah. So, but apparently it's uh, it's it's virtual reality, so like the most high-tech virtual reality you can do. I mean, I imagine Disney didn't, yeah, you know, yeah. didn't uh, cheap out on buying their <laughs> no. virtual reality system. No, probably not. And you hop on this thing that's like a motorcycle, and you put the virtual reality headset on, and then they have like fans will blow air on you and they have water that'll shoot on you and the motorcycle thing goes in a way where you feel like you're riding on the back of one of these those one of big those birds in Avatar, yeah. whatever that With is. With Avatar would plug the hair And apparently into it. it's yeah. super real. Connected through Ewok. It, yeah. Apparently it's super real and it's just awesome. So, I mean, I wanted to do that, but there's no fast passes available. So we'll see if there's one day, like I feel like waiting online for four Dude, hours. Do it, do Maybe it. I'll go for it. Hell yeah, do it. <laughs> but otherwise, next time. So here's what I'll tell you about virtual reality. I, my brother-in-law has, has the Oculus Rift. And... I I didn't realize how badly that tricks your brain to the point that you could get completely lost in that mm-hmm. thing. And oh, yeah. when you're like, so there's a few things. the The game that really screwed me up with my like my spatial like balance and everything was one in which you had the headset on and you were in this stadium, and across from you was another guy. And it was kind of like Pong, mm-hmm. except. The way it worked was you had these hand things on that you would click, and that that was the remote, and then you had the headset. And if you leaned left, your Pong would shift left. If you leaned Ah, right, your your Pong would shift right. But you had to catch the ball and throw it back at the guy. So imagine you're in a stadium, you're leaning left, you're leaning right to keep the, the ball that the guy's throwing at you from coming past you, but like... Dude, it, it it I was falling on the floor in real life, <laughs> <Yeah>. crashing into <laughs> yeah. walls. It completely, <laughs> completely throws you off to yeah. the point where you have zero clue mm-hmm. what is going on around you. But it is cool because, like, for instance, you, you know, you could throw that headset on and and like uh, you could do things where you climb uh, like a rock mountain mm-hmm. and you look down and you're high. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. shit. There's also a flight simulator. Supposedly, where you could fly like an F sixteen, and it tricks you that you're there. So I can only imagine like if you combined that with the wind and like the water. And you're on, on a thing you. that's moving. Yeah. Yeah. Probably have a complete. They have the sense anxiety. Code. It's safe to thing. say technology has progressed to the point that like the, the human mind is just not even is not even capable of dealing with it. I mean, no. it, it just it com- it'll completely trick you. No. Well, they that's s- it. You don't stand a chance. They say in Japan that they're having an issue with uh, like population decline, mm-hmm. and the reason is is because the Japanese culture, they're very much involved in electronics, video games, and, mm-hmm. and immersive mm-hmm. stuff like that, that they're not reproducing. <laughs> <laughs> they're too busy just sitting <laughs> home just, playing they, video games? They, they play video games. They don't want to reproduce. <laughs> I swear to God. Look it up. It's an interesting fact. But um, awesome, man. So so you're getting your sleep. You're going on your vacation. And all else is good, man. How about those pats? Wow. 
right? <laughs> I mean, as a New Yorker, I can't say I was happy about it. Yeah. I don't think there's not many. You might be one of the few New Yorkers that was rooting for the Patriots. Although I will say, right? <laughs> yes. So, I will, well, I will say when we when I was growing up, the Cowboys were the dynasty. So there were a lot of New Yorkers who were kids. Elementary Cowboys, school, yeah. junior high, who when you're at that age, it's easy to be a front runner who are yeah. Cowboy fans. And what I noticed was a lot of younger kids now, and when I say younger and kids, I mean like college students or kids that have just graduated college, mm. they're Pat, there's New Yorkers that are Pats fans. Mm. And it's because, and I, I said to one of them, Paul works for us, I, yeah. he's 22 or whatever. And I said, he's like, I'm a Pats fan. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, you, you're just a front runner. You were, you were a little kid, <laughs> he and the Pats are winning a bunch of Pats are winning a bunch of Super Bowls, and you became a front runner. He's been indoctrinated. Yeah, yeah so that, maybe it, there are. That's it. He's not a front runner. He's a indoctrinated. Younger, yeah, there's a younger New York generation, maybe. That's that, it. That's actually there's something about Boston and New York. Though. Because remember how many Cowboy fans were when we were growing up? And it's like you're a New Yorker. Why would you be a Dallas Cowboy fan? It was because they were good in the '90s. They, they had Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman. They won. Leon right? it, was a, it was a cool team. Remember that. And that, they had the why. best. I think they had the best offensive line. Like their average, their offensive line averaged like three hundred and seventy-five pounds. So a few guys over four hundred pounds in that offensive line. Jesus, of muscle. If if you're from a state and you like, <laughs> like I understand if you've moved state to state, but if you're from New York, I don't understand how you can be another sports fan of another sports team. The only explanation to me is you're a front runner, or maybe there's like a specific player that you really love. Like when I was in elementary school, I did a report on I did a report on Barry Sanders. Love so I quasi so yeah, became like a Detroit yeah, Lions fan. Yeah, yeah. So like I'll still root for the Lions, but I'm so, still a New York fan so first. I'll explain why for me I'm not a fan of, of any one particular team, but if I had to put a finger on it, I'm actually a fan of the Denver Broncos, and I'll explain why. So I I got involved with fantasy football too early. And I started putting money into these leagues and drafting players. So I innately started rooting for individual players instead right. of the team themselves. Yeah. So it just kind of never caught on with me. That makes sense to me. I can understand that. You know what I mean? But when I was younger, uh, I, I used to put, I used to be a fullback and I played football and I used to love running backs. This is when they actually used running backs in football. Today they don't even use them. They just they just they just drop back and throw. Uh, yeah, you know, for so running, the running backs are running yeah. routes when they're exactly the exactly. Ball. But back then, Terrell Davis TD. was the man. <laughs> yeah, and Terrell Davis was like my guy. So I was, and that's when they had Troy Aikman and Shannon. I'm uh, not Troy Aikman. Elway, and and uh, Shannon Sharp and. And Romanowski was on the team, right? Bill Romanowski. So, nutcase. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he end up screwed up? Something happened later on yeah, in life? Yeah, yeah. I think he has, like, no mental capacity anymore. What do you mean? He's just out of his Like, killing from, like, people? C- like, yeah. CTE? From- I, I, don't, I, think, I think he was just out of his mind. Yeah, I think, like, from there, like, from football, like, pretty much straight out. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, you mind. know what worries me about the whole thing is they, they started doing a lot of research into CTE. And what they're talking about is it's not even the big hits, like the big concussion hits. It's the little dings along the way. And, I mean, I stopped playing football in high school. And I could tell you every Saturday after a game, I walked off that field with a headache, a migraine headache, to the point where going out Saturday night and getting hammered Mm -hmm. at whoever was throwing the party was like I didn't even want to do it because I – I didn't feel well. Yeah. 
And there was a few times I took some some nasty hits. There was one time we played, so, so me, Pat, and Einig played up in 10th grade. And I remember our first scrimmage was against Sachem. And Sachem has, at that time, it wasn't East and West. It was just Sachem. Mm-hmm. And they had like 1,500 kids per graduating class. Long story short, I threw myself sideways at two guys <laughs> on a on a field goal because I, I instead of picking the inside man I just threw myself sideways at him the kid the kid's knee ran through my head uh. to the side and my feet went numb for like 10 seconds but why did I do that because I was always up till that point I was always probably the heaviest guy on the field yeah, or one of the point, biggest guys that. on the field so I was running through people but then when you start hitting other people that are your size yeah, or yeah, bigger, yeah, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, this ain't right. Like, it's literally like running into a wall. So, so let me ask you, would you let – and I know your son has the heart condition, but that not. aside, would you let your kids play football? Absolutely not, and I regret playing football because I, I sincerely think I'd be 10 IQ points high. Uh, yeah, I think it's a lot for, for, for a kid who's developing still. That's a – that's a beating to take, and, and for and I'm not. If, if you want to let your kid play football, fine. You should. I mean, I think sports is good. I think football teaches a lot of valuable life lessons. All sports do. And football players, you know, they learn a lot from that. That helps them be successful in life. But yeah, I mean, personally, I don't think I would let my kids do it. It's just, um, it's. I feel like you're just risking too much. Yeah, yeah. it's just. Suppose so. Interestingly enough, I have a nephew. We have a nephew who is in seventh grade now the enrollment for football is way down yeah yeah and they're playing volleyball the enrollment too. for volleyball is way up yeah there was 70 kids that tried out for the, <laughs> for the male volleyball team figure that one out that's weird i don't know i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> i don't know how i feel about it either but are there, it's are, happening. There, are there like volleyball leagues can you mike i have no idea no, no it's his first time playing volleyball so it's, it's like just burner. school volleyball yeah i mean that's cool volleyball i always had fun playing volleyball when i was a kid especially like beach volleyball that's fun yeah. supposedly Lo- supposedly long beach has the best team on the island oh yeah because they, well, long beach have, good, beach. Yeah. they have leagues yeah, yeah. legit adult leagues that's, that's you know what it, it is fun it's just, I mean, that's a different, that's a whole different world from like yeah, when but can we you, grew up. Can you see playing that with us? It was, it was football, it was soccer, it was lacrosse, baseball, lacrosse and baseball. It wasn't, and then like Wrestling. the weirdos kind of wrestled. Like basketball, the basketball, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird though, man. I've never, I would have never guessed that that would happen. I would think that like maybe like a flag football might come about. Well, and, no, my we have a cousin that plays flag football, like in a flag football league. I mean, it's, yes, but in no, high but school, that won't, I'm saying, that won't get big. You don't no, think it'll so? never get big. No, because that's not football. It it takes it's away not, from yeah. some of the best parts of football. It makes it more. So I was never the the fastest. Never could jump the highest. Mm-hmm. But I will smack the shit you out of you. Played violently. Yes. That's why you would have headache because you yes. played the game violently. I played the game violently, but in flag football, I'm good for nothing. Well, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't catch, can't run. Yeah. Like in real, fo- I could throw not accurately, but I could, I could, I could. Good, that's I could throw the ball. All the great quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. no, yeah. The, the the good players in flag football are probably not good players in real football. real football, and the good players in real football probably have, except like running backs, is if you're you know you're fast. If you're and a everything, sick receiver, running yeah, like back, a guy like you in real football. Yeah, like the the skills you were using in real football and that you were and made you really good do not apply. Yeah, no, I football. was good for three yards in a pile of dust. <laughs> That's it, and I could I could hit someone on defense. But well, football, 
I mean, the, the reason football is so popular now is is strictly gambling. Yeah, that's that that the number one fantasy, reason people gambling. watch football is fan gambling. Duel, Not even fan, like well, that. fantasy is huge, but just gambling in general. People mm-hmm. put money on the games and they bet on the games. It's so, and I mean the experience from watching a game at home on a mm-hmm. TV. Now these TVs are 60, 80 inches. It's better. You know, it's better. For, you're, yeah, you're, in, you're in your house. It's warm. You know, especially in the, in the um, they have northeast cam- they have here, cameras ten feet over their heads. Yeah, you you could you could pause, you could yeah. rewind. You know, you got you got whatever beers, any food you want. I mean, the experience is so good in your house that, I mean, I don't know. It's I, I think football football will always be a, a sport that's around. I don't think it's going anywhere, but it's they're, supposedly they're, the numbers are down. But that supposedly numbers are also down here in the, the northeast. Yeah, well, college no, no, where football's football, bigger. No, the numbers of viewing are down on TV, but they also say the numbers on TV in general are very much down because everyone's streaming. Yeah, I mean, I don't watch the games anymore. I rarely watch a game, but I'll follow on my phone. I'll I'll tell you what was revolutionary when it came out was uh, Red Zone. Yes. That was like, holy shit, this is football on steroids. I don't like Red Zone. Really? I can't. I get overwhelmed and I get uncomfortable. (laughs) That's the point. I get anxious because I want to see everything Uh rather than, and you don't get to actually enjoy the game. Like I actually like, I played through college. So I actually like watching football. I like, I like watching it, the games. I don't mind when it's, you know, defensive or I don't mind when there aren't a lot of scores. So I just get overwhelmed trying to watch too many screens at once, too many things. Yeah. I just like if the Jets are on, I watch the Jets, and that's it. I don't even yeah. think about changing the channel. I don't, I don't like how like technology in the world today just um, overloads. They, us? Well, they, no, they cater to like people's short attention span. They cater to people yes. just not. Yeah, because I agree with you. I mean, it's it's like people their attention span is zero these days. They they don't want to watch the game between the between the twenties. It's mm-hmm. just you know when they get into the red zone. All right, let me let me see the highlights. It's you know, so it's I don't know the. And what's going to happen with football when the generation now that's playing volleyball, <laughs> right? Like they're certainly not going to be interested in watching no, football. No. no, I well, I think what's going to happen is is the model's going to have to change at some point, right? Maybe some kind of subscriber thing. They already kind of have that though, right? With that's like, on network. Yeah, I mean, if TV viewership is down. Mm-hmm. And well, how does the NFL? So it's all about money. How does the NFL make their money? They make their money based on people coming to games and advertisers, viewership on TV, right? So yeah, selling advertise. So right, merchandise, so people, and then merchandise. Yeah, those are the three ways. So the model's gonna have to change. They even say like the pay per view model, like for these UFC fights, that's got to change because the pay per view numbers are way down. So they're trying to do like a. Like an app streaming thing. Everyone's trying to change the models because the the supposedly the only place where you could spend advertising dollars that actually makes sense is on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that's the only time all of America because is. people actually watch the commercials there. They're yeah, fast forwarding through. They're not. I mean, other than like the Super Bowl, maybe the State of Union address when Donald Trump is addressing mm-hmm. the nation. How many people are actually <clears throat> tuning in at that time to see what's going on? Right. But they could always catch it later. Can you envision a day <clears throat> where there's no football in the future, just because financially they they can't run the league? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, the if the ad dollars go down, right, and then they can't pay the players as much, that'll drive people away from that sport. 
and then maybe in the future but i mean it's such a it's such an 800 pound gorilla that it'll I, it's that we're talking about in 50 years i think but, that'll be good for soccer so i was a soccer player <laughs> right and so the u.s on the world stage the u.s is not even close to being able to no. compete for for a world cup championship but the reason is because our best athletes and this listen i was a soccer player i respect soccer players and there's some amazing athletes playing soccer but our best athletes in the world are not playing soccer like imagine lebron james yeah instead of playing basketball since the age of three yeah. had a soccer ball at his feet yeah, yeah right yeah. like that guy running around yeah. on the soccer field yeah. since he was three yeah. as fast as quick as high as he could jump everything else who even plays soccer that's american i mean i know of like cristiano ronaldo and that's about it. American player? I mean, I don't follow the MLS, but there's yeah. American players. Are I mean, we, like, ranked like high? Don- no. There's, like, Landon one, Donovan who's the big player. and who There was one, like, 20-year-old kid. He just got signed to a big contract in, like, a, a Premier League team, in, I think, in England. And this is, like, the first time in, like, he's the highest-played American player overseas ever. The pr- he's, like, the, 20 years the old. The problem for America is in other countries, for the most part, there's other sports in other countries, obviously, but in other countries – the best at soccer is the biggest sport. So the best athletes usually end up playing soccer in America. Basketball, the best athletes baseball. are playing baseball, basketball, football, right? They're playing other sports. And, they, and some of the best athletes are playing soccer too, but they're being, it, it's, they're, they're spread out. Whereas in the other country, it's mostly they're going to soccer. That's my opinion. I mean, this isn't a fact, but if you had our best athletes playing soccer, now that I'm thinking about it though, the MLS, like, like are there people like, the MLS so, is instance, huge. You ever go to an MLS game? Never. I would. The I fans actually, go nuts. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Like but here's game. my question: So, for instance, is there always like an international league going on? Yes. So, like, mm-hmm. okay, so there's FIFA. different international leagues. So, you know how like Arizona is going to play New York, and the Arizona Cardinals have to fly across the yeah. the country, and it's a six hour flight. Like, are they flying from Brazil? Well, how often do they have games? Well, there's different leagues. There's like the Premier. There's the Premier League. There's the John Uprino. There's like the Spanish yeah, Premier League. La Liga. Yeah. So there's different. So each La country Liga? has yeah. the, <laughs> Serie A for like the Italian league. Each, each country yeah. has a professional. So it's called La Liga. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. <laughs> when I snowbird later on in life, you're coming to South Florida with me. We're gonna learn. We're gonna go see some La Liga. <laughs> but uh, let's get back to the Pats, though. Pats. Talk so what? So Pats. how do you explain? 19, what Brady got drafted in 2000? How do you explain a 19-year dynasty? Is that because that doesn't happen often? Is it just luck? Did, did they just mm. happen to have the right piece? They got Brady, they got Belichick, and they happen to have the right pieces, or it's the great debate. Or is this something that people can learn from, and maybe another franchise can do it again? Maybe there'll be another nine, you know 19-year dynasty. And listen, with I mean with the division the Jets uh, the Pats are in. They got they got every year they're automatically in the playoffs. I mean they're not the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins. They're not every year the Pats are going to be in the playoffs at yeah. least. And then even within the AFC, they're the likely s- to get a bye. So usually mm-hmm. it's it's two games right to be in the Super Bowl. Right. If not if not win three games and you're in I the think, Super Bowl. I think the past twelve years they've been in the they're the NFC right. They've been in AFC. The, they've been in the AFC Championship. I think the last four years straight they've been in the Super Bowl right. The last. Think nine years so. they've been in the Super Bowl and they've won six out of those nine. We're never going to see that again. No, think well, about I that. Think well, so. that's half, what I'm saying. Half, more than it's sixty percent of Tom Brady's career. Well, he's you, been in the big game. So if you're saying we're never going to see that again, do you think? Do you just think the stars aligned, or do you think that there's something can be learned from this where someone else can say, you know what, I can replicate this? It takes a very unselfish group of individuals that are 
that are trying to accomplish a goal and the goal comes before their own selfish needs in order for that to happen and that's why so here so here's the here's the mystery i don't know if it's belichick i don't think it's brady it's like the chicken or the egg it might be rich craft um so obviously he plays a role in it but i mean is his name rich robert robert whatever I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Sure much Warcraft. Yeah. Um, he plays a giant role in it. But, I mean, back to your question, like, how how often do you get the best coach of all time? Or arguably one of the best coaches Who's of all time? Who's to say he's the best coach? But he's one of the best coaches of all maybe time. Maybe Kraft. No... Hold on. Maybe Kraft. Because I've heard that Brady and Belichick hate each other. They I heard they feud a lot. They don't I don't like think that's true. They had those rumors. Mm, I don't know. You don't have a team where the best player and the head coach hate each other, and there's cohesion in the locker room, and there's Yeah, chemistry. but he seems like he's got a much better relationship with Daniels. Yeah, he doesn't talk to Belichick during the game. But well, Belichick's the defensive guy, and he, I mean, as part of a good leader, is just knowing knowing your area of expertise and then hiring other other people for their areas of expertise and letting them run it, not telling yeah, them. Delegating. So why maybe, would I tell so maybe what that's to do? why it works. Maybe it works because Brady and Belichick are completely separate in the sense that Brady is working with his name's Josh Dan- Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. Yeah. Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels mm-hmm. and Brady have a good relationship and they're running the offense. And Belichick is Running the defense. And certain game time decisions Belichick's involved in. But outside of that, he kind of, it's laissez faire. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't think that's it, though, because you hear stories about how Brady echoes the coaching staff's words. You hear how it's one, like with the Patriots. Do your job. It's, yeah, it's one unified message. And they've gotten to this point. Where like you were saying, kind of the players buy in. Everyone's bought in now. Like it wasn't like this in two thousand, you know, two before they won their first Super Bowl. It's they now have players there who understand if you want to win, you do what they say. If you want to win, you take, you know, ask for as much money as you want. That's your prerogative. But if you want to win, you take the money that you're offered there, and you listen to the coaching. It's staff. a dictatorship to a certain degree. Well, I don't think so. It's it's there's two parts to it. There's there's the management having that philosophy. And then they only hire hire people who, who I don't want to say are subservient like a dictatorship to that philosophy. Who agree? No. Who put who put winning championships above, you know? And listen, you're talking, these the, all these folks are rich anyway. So they're so it's not like they're putting winning championships above money. It's just they're they're still they're still doing very well. Well, in I life. would argue. I mean, th- listen, they're they're. NFL contracts are notoriously the worst contracts yeah. in all sports, right? Mm-hmm. And they're risking the most while they're doing Which is it. always crazy to me. Like, I don't know how – I don't know where the negotiation broke down for the players because, like, it is the most profitable league there is. Like, it, well, NFL, that's probably NFL why. teams are worth the most. Their labor is the cheapest. Think about it. In but any business, in any business, if you want to add revenue to your bottom line tomorrow, you do it by cutting salaries or commissions. To your salespeople, right? Not for the that long will, run, though. You either so you either have to sell. Let's say you want to add two million dollars to your net revenue in any business, mm-hmm. the NFL, whatever. You could either sell ten million dollars more in ad dollars or product to net you the two million, which is a tall order, or you could just cut everyone back a point. <laughs> Well, the NFL yeah, is right? so it's it's such it's really such a team sport. 
I mean, basketball, there's five guys on the court, court baseball. It's it, everyone's playing a position, but baseball is such a long season that so much money comes in anyway. Yeah. Football is such a team sport. I mean, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to really argue from, for personally a lot more money, unless you're like a quarterback or really a star receiver, a star running back or the best defensive player in the league. It's hard to argue for more money because it's, you're, you're kind of replaceable. It, it, there's so much involved into winning a football game. You have offense, you have defense, you have, you know, it's it's tough to the, really make the, yourself the running, worth that much. A perfect example is like a running back on the Patriots. Like the, there's like three of them and they all do the same thing. Like Com- <laughs> Coming into this year, everyone's yeah. like the Patriots offense is going to suck. They're like, they have no one. I mean, well, they star, didn't throw one Their star receiver was Super Chris Bowl. Hogan. They didn't need to. Coming into this, coming into the season. Edelman's yeah. a beast. He's like a welker. Of he's yeah. He's mind. just another yeah. you know, cog in the wheel over there. It's so crazy. He's a good player, but like on any other team, he is not Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, yeah and and these talks of him being in the, I, I think he's an awesome player. These talks of him being in the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on, look at his stats. You can't. Why are you putting him in the Hall of Fame? Because his postseason stats. Yeah, well, That's the only yeah, reason why. I mean, you got he's got like the he's second most receptions of all time, I think, in the postseason. Yeah, but but still. That but I, that's because he's part of that. He's good, but that's because he's part of a system that enables him to do that. Yeah, agree. So does he deserve personally be in the Hall of Fame? Well, does Brady then with that argument? Yes. Well, Brady is. I mean, everyone. You could argue every like Teddy Teddy Bruschi, right? Wasn't Teddy Bruschi? Yeah. A, a bit, does he deserve it? He was part of the system. I don't know. <laughs> this is this is the whole thing. So I think in the end, it's it's the system. Everybody buys in. Mm-hmm. And there is absolutely no negotiating at all. And well, it's, it, that, I don't think the players want to negotiate. No, they've gotten to the point where why would like how dumb would you have to be? Like how naive or like, how would you like how naive would you have to be to walk into the Patriots locker room and go like I think I know what to do better than these guys, <laughs> or I think I know more about what play we should run than yeah, him. Like, yeah. point and how do you ask for more money? When, when you're a dynasty that's won six championships over the course of 19 years, how do you ask for money? How do you justify it? Like, hey, listen, you got to give me more money, or guess what? I'm going to leave, and you're not going to be as good. It's Especially like, when Tom guess what? Brady's you're going to leave, up. and we're still a dynasty. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be just fine. When yeah. Tom, when Tom yeah. Brady's taking uh, salary reductions to make the team better, it's very hard to well, go into that. Well, that's leading by example. That's, yeah. that's a good leader. That's someone. How are you going to argue for more when the leader of the team is taking it right so it's it's it comes it's i hate i don't like giving credit to anything on any one thing i think there's so many variables that 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 make up anything and so it comes from robert Kraft having that philosophy it comes from belichick and it comes from brady leading by example and it comes from everyone else falling in line so yeah i don't know man it's 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 a great mystery (laughs) i think it could be Kraft though He's obviously it's top down. Every and any organization, anything, business, life, whatever, it's top down. Like that, that'll trickle down the tops. You know, philosophies, how they run things. And then you have like, and then you have like the Cleveland Browns who just can't can't <laughs> fucking figure it out. To be mm-hmm. quite honest, I mean, how do, I mean, how does a how do you have such a disparity in the same league? It just makes no sense. It's like it's like you have thirty two businesses out there in the same well think about it. <clears throat> think about just business mm-hmm. is there any industry where there's 32 businesses all in that industry that are successful like like for instance beer right, right? There, there's you got budweiser and then whatever cores or whatever the big uh-huh. ones are stella pick them corona you know that there's in any industry it's going to get so you're 
because the NFL is structured the way it is, you're going to have 32. You have 32 corporations participating mm-hmm. in the NFL. But of course, you know the good ones are going to rise to the top, and there's going to be ones that suffer. It's impossible to have 32 competitive teams. Yeah. In the same industry. It's so wild. But it, let me ask you this: If those 32 teams had 32 crafts and patriot systems, it would force them all to be better. It would force them all to be. They, they, they would still. Is it the system? You still saying. have the you best. Couldn't Can have you, that, if they take shit players or average players and they create Super Bowl teams with them, can that be replicated across the league? No, it would evolve. There would you can't have thirty two. There's always going to be the best. You can't have thirty two dynasties like that. You can't no, have but, the same philosophy. Well, that's that's the teams. argument against the system, right? Is it is it the system? And if that system was replicated, can't you? Well, it, it might not be easy to replicate that system, right? So it could be the system, but just because just because it's that system doesn't mean anyone could just be like, all right, I'm just going to use that system. It's mm-hmm. not easy. It's like building a business, right? We're gonna we're we're building a real estate business. So far, you know, we're we're having success in doing that. But it's not like anyone can be like, all right, they did it. I'm just going to copy what they did and do it. There's a lot more that goes into it. There's so many little details along the way. I think when you mm-hmm. start, it, it, you know, looking at the business side of it, I think when you start scaling and adding people to the organization, whatever that organization is, I think the most important thing is who you bring on. Hundred percent. I don't think you can just hire anybody. Hundred percent. This has me thinking about so talking about the NFL thirty two teams, the United States with the fifty states. So <laughs> or the twelve what? legislators in Nassau <laughs> <Yeah>. County. <laughs> I'm just thinking that. Why can't seriously, why can't the United States be like, all right, what state what state is most successful? Let's just copy that system. It's the same question as the NFL. What team is most successful? Let's just copy well, that system. That, Let's just do what the, they're doing. That's different because yeah, it's drastically different. The drastically demographics. Different. The demographics. You, you go over New York. For instance, New York, you, you have upstate New York, which is, you know, a completely different culture and place mm-hmm. than New York City, which is different than Long Island, which is different than there's this little spot on Long Island, like halfway through Suffolk County and mm-hmm. the North and South Fork, which is the sticks and there's nothing there. And then the North and South Fork is a different world entirely. So I think I think that's a little different because in the NFL, it's the same players on the field. You know, it's the same it's the same thing. It's just happening in a different place, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, different. yeah, so I mean, I don't know, man. In business, though, I think it. it getting back to that, I think it, it. It comes down to who you hire. I'm a. I I am a huge believer in um, the what is that the Tony Robbins it's what's n- that test called. The personality test, the disc assessment, disc assessment. Yes, huge. I don't think you. I, I think if you. I think people are who they are, and I don't. I, I think it's very hard to change who you are, in on a granular level. I think you will always default to who you are, even if you're trying to be something different. You know, you'll always default to something. Yeah, I agree. Let something to to your true form. So, for instance, like. Even me, you see it. I get into these projects and I'm completely consumed until the project is done. And if I don't stop, if I, if I don't finish the project, it, it, it'll keep me up at night with things like the website and all that stuff that we're developing right now. I don't think there are a lot of people like that at their core. And if no. you tested the right people, 
And that's what the disc assessment is. Well, I think so. I, yes, yes, and no, because biologically you are who you are. But I also think people are who they are based on their experiences and 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 just the situation. So I think over the course of someone's life, they change, right? You've at different stages in your life, you different value things. At one point, it might be money. At one point, it might be family. At one point, it might just be free time. Uh-huh. And I think an example of that we were talking about this before the podcast is Randy Moss. He's yeah. on the Vikings. The guy couldn't be controlled. You know, he had an ego, all this. But then he got to a point in his career where he was like, "All right, if I want to win a championship." At a, a certain point in his career came where winning a championship became worth more than everything else, than ego and everything else. And then he went to the Pats, uh-huh. and and he was a different player there. He fell in line, right? And so I think part of that is is the Patriots saying, listen, this is our system. You're going to have to fall in line. And Brady's saying, Brady as the leader being like, you know, leading by example. But I think him as a person had to have changed. If he was the same person, it would have been the same mess that he was in, in Minnesota. So yeah. the Tony Robbins, the idea of the disc assessment, which is replicated through a lot of different, you know, in a lot of different businesses, and one of them is the Gallup test, right, mm-hmm. is you have these certain personality traits. And, and I know the high D, I think it, I think D means driver. driver. D means driver. So when you're a high D, you basically like the definition of a high D is someone who above all else will achieve and will accomplish certain things and will complete goals and they'll, they'll get through it. Like it's more important for this person to get through 200 calls a day than it is for them to do like, that's priority. Number one, they will accomplish that. Mm -hmm. And then, and they kind of put everything above everything below that. Then you have people that are like more, uh, introspective and calculated and they're measurable and they like their statistics and, and there's just it's a different way of doing things. But to make a long story short, there's there's been studies that f- salespeople in particular, you typically want to hire high D's. Makes sense. Yeah. Goal oriented. Yeah. Don't stop. Mm-hmm. And anything else is usually not. It doesn't. It, your your success rate with those people will be less. So the less sales. Yeah. The other side of the coin. So coming for where you, you came from, the other side of the coin was the last two corporations that I worked for in the national sales meetings, both of them, the CEO of the company looked out and looked out into the room and said, I want next year, I want a more diverse company. And, and their philosophy was if we have people who are all similar, then we're leaving money on the table. I want people with different ideas of different backgrounds because they'll show us how to do things a different way that maybe we didn't see before. And there's no one way to skin a cat. And I'm not saying this is what I believe, but I'm saying this was their philosophy. There's no one way to skin a cat. So let's get it. Let's let's make this this company as diverse as possible because then we're gonna then we're getting all of the ideas. We're get, and, and we can incorporate all of that versus one specific type of person where we're just getting just getting that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. but I think I think different disc profiles fit different roles you know if you're hiring mm-hmm. yes like you can't have a high d who's i don't think you can have a high d who's a secretary right you just can't you know that that person needs to well, be well they might be the best secretary yeah, they'd be, ever they'd be may, may, secretary. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that person's probably going to want they're going to aspire to more they're probably going to aspire to more and that person i mean that you might want more of an analytical person a data-driven person someone who's detail oriented and mm-hmm. you know 
it different roles for different people and different profiles for different roles but you have to identify what what role deserves what profile but as far as sales driven people go you need high d's that's that's what that is so so maybe that's a part of how the, the pats do their thing right you know it's like we were talking about before the offensive minded people the defensive minded people mm-hmm. uh the leadership how people fall in line it's there's a lot of cogs in that machine and maybe the pats do them, a personality assessment before they i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be I'm, surprised I'm sure a lot of professional sports teams do especially I mean, like the, when they're drafting people yeah oh of course that's high capital do they, spending do they interview people yes yeah. so like tom brady when he was in the combine they sat him down they're like hey tom how you doing you know tell me about a time when yeah. blah, blah, blah. players are thinking about taking yeah, especially in the higher rounds they'll yeah. interview them they'll give them like yeah they their definitely own type i mean of tests yeah. College players who have been troubled, you know, they there's they drop in the draft because of because of issues like that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. So it's it's a business. It's no different. It's no right. different. Just for, different framework for the business because it's within the league. Yeah, the, yeah. the business is football. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. So let's get to. Anyone have anything else to add about that, by the way? Um, just with the right people thing, the saying I like is it's not where the bus is heading, it's who's on the bus. Ooh. Ooh. I think that makes a big difference with, you know, businesses and, you know, sports organizations. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference. So, Amazon might be pulling out of Long Island City. Yeah. That's wild, right? So, I... My initial thought, and I don't know too much about this. My initial thought would be it was very good to have a company like that come in. It's gonna maybe there'll be some hardships for for you know infrastructure or whatever initially, but it'll, ultimately it'll <clears throat> it'll be a positive force of change. But then I read something that 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 someone said we know we know what Amazon has done to the communities that's been in so far, and I, I don't know if that's just a random statement that has any any validity to it, mm-hmm. but I wonder if. I wonder if communities that have had big companies come in have. I wonder if there's a good sample size of those that have actually suffered. I I have no idea. But that that one that one statement caught me by surprise because I said, oh maybe maybe it would be good to look at that and what's happened. So here's the argument, right? The argument is is that Amazon is catching a lot of flack because New York is a very democratic state. They've gotten three billion three three billion dollars, right? So you have. You have a corporation offered up to three billion in tax breaks in dozen in a dozen sites in the state. Amazon is also eligible for up to one point three billion in subsidies from two city programs. But how much revenue is it going to bring in? So here's the What's deal. What's that estimated? So here, so here's here's the deal. And strictly from a real estate perspective, this would this would kind of like really suck if they didn't come because. You have 25,000 people with the average income being about $100,000, but there's big wigs there. So of those 25,000, even if it's only 2,500 with a lot of money, where are they going? They're going to Great Neck. They're going to Port Washington. They're taking their huge salaries. Or Manhattan. I think Brooklyn. I, if they have kids, they'll probably end up on the island. In the so, suburbs, yes. Yeah, right. So I think, I think yes, they will end up in, in those areas in Queens and – if if you want to go to the suburbs, you're coming to the wet to western Nassau County, on the North Shore, right by the LA. Mm-hmm. So, 
it, it's from a real estate perspective, it's really good. Um, so selfishly, I want it to happen. I don't know. I, but here's the deal. I mean, 25,000 people buying properties. The prices in Long Island City are th- supposedly through the roof. There's sure. another article here that uh, said they were up like 20-something percent or 30-something percent. Mm-hmm. And sales are up 20-something percent, which is crazy because supposedly they haven't even signed a lease yet. So I don't even think they're here. Yeah. But people are already starting to buy. They're trying to jump on it early. Yeah. I mean, so, but, I mean, you know who's leading the charge here? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Against, Against it. it. Against it. But what's her, and what's her reasoning? Does she give a specific reason as to why? Well, it's the same reason she gives for everything else. These people have money. Why are we giving them subsidies? Mm-hmm. Right? So, but that's not how business works, right? Yeah. So when your business crosses a certain threshold, right, when you're making, I think the number is 500 employees. When you have 500 employees or more, states will call you and and create a reason for you to come to, to move your business to their state. Why? Because the payroll taxes, right? And this is why this is why the, the tax laws and everything favor businesses because they generate revenue for mm-hmm. local municipalities and mm-hmm. and states and all that stuff. So they'll bid for your business because they get the payroll taxes, then people buy homes and they pay flip taxes and transfer taxes. And then they start going to the local yeah. restaurants. Yeah, local I was going to say the lo- the local business owners have to have to want this. How could you not? All those employees are going to need somewhere to eat, need somewhere to get their hair cut, need somewhere to shop, yeah. right? What somewhere to get breakfast, coffee, etc. As a local business owner, how could you not want this? It would be so good for business to have this influx of people. I mean, I I have not studied the pros and cons of this. My initial feeling in my gut about this is Amazon coming is a good thing. Might there be? you know, some things you have to figure out or some issues, whether it be infrastructure or otherwise, sure. But I think ultimately it's going to be a positive force for change. I mean, how could you not want that much commerce coming, coming. to your community? Yeah, it, it seems like a win-win. Especially, you're right outside Manhattan. So you're fight, if you think that's going to remain some, like, little local community forever, I mean, you're just, I think you're being a little naive, you're right outside the, you know, the the epicenter of the world when it comes to money and business and Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's gonna spread. It's gonna geographically spread out to the boroughs. You know that that's what happens. There so, he has. so you're fighting the inevitable, and I think it would be foolish to to turn them away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what it did. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to see, like you said, what it did to the previous communities, but. I think New York's New York City is also a different animal. Exactly. I don't think New York City is going to get swallowed up by a business, regardless. No, of but it Google's is. already here. Everyone's already here. I don't I, know Long Island City well enough, I guess, like as an individual part of New York City. But I don't know. I don't see it doing as much damage. But again, I don't know all the facts. So yeah, it also depends on who you're talking about. It's going to be an interesting thing to see how it plays out. But the best thing that could happen is they come and they stay. Um, so how about this? Wealthy buyers increasingly ditch their high tax states for Florida. Cuomo blames a $2.3 billion shortfall on the new tax law. And the salt deductions? The salt deductions. So Cuomo said the new federal tax law, which caps the deduction for state and local taxes to $10,000, is the reason for the $2.3 billion state shortfall as New Yorkers increasingly head to Florida. The tax cuts 
and Jobs Act passed in 2017 also limits the amount of mortgage interest that can be deducted on loans up to 750000 Overall, the Sunshine State reported the highest level of net domestic migration between July 2017 and July of 2018. According to recently released U.S. Census data, New York and Illinois reported the biggest net losses. That's not good. I mean, I'm sure part of it is the SALT deductions, but I think this? it's also... How about this? Cuomo said someone in the top tax bracket in New York City who previously faced a combined tax rate of 45% would see that increase by 12% to more than 50%. A taxpayer in Florida would see no increase, probably would see a decrease, and Florida also has the advantage of no estate tax. I So I think, <laughs> my, my opinion on this, I think... The, America is so great because it, because it is the United States because you have all these states acting independently and what that it's business you have all these states acting independently and it forces competition uh-huh. right so you have states mm-hmm. who are so you have to in order to compete with other states you have to make your state better and ultimately that makes the whole better versus a country that doesn't have states acting independently that has one has one uh, you know governing body or whatever it is. If they make a bad decision, that's it. You're done. Yeah, you have, nowhere, States, you have nowhere having, you could go. Yeah, right. by having the states able to act independently to a certain extent, obviously, it it forces each state to make themselves better to compete with the other states, and that's that's what makes the whole so great. So better. I think, listen, for whatever reason, right? I don't. There's probably a million reasons. Like I said before, I hate blaming on any one thing. People are leaving New York and going to Florida. So guess what? New York's got to figure it out. They got to make themselves better because if they don't, you're not going to be competitive. Yeah, something's going to get re- something's going to get repealed or figured out because, I mean, we even see it in the luxury market right now. The numbers are garbage. Mm-hmm. And they've been friends. It's been so soft for they've a while. Been for a while, mm-hmm. and a lot of it has to do with, you know, this salt the salt deduction. And mm-hmm. is it, look, the bottom line is this, and I say this all the time: if you're a smart person. And you are wealthy, and you have the means to just get up and go. Mm-hmm. When there's a twelve percent disparity in what you can bring home every year, and as you become wealthier and wealthier, you're that that becomes a greater and greater disparity, right? So you can't ignore it to a certain degree, mm-hmm. right? I mean, even if you've laid down roots, wealthy people are mobile. They can hop on a private jet and go south. Does New York have the most millionaires in the state? In the United States, California might be up there, like per capita or just in general. No, just in general. What state has the most millionaires? California's huge, huge. I would have to think it's probably California. I would, uh, yeah, I don't know. I would have to also, say I would have to agree with you, Ron. Though there's a breaking point. So while New York right now might be worried, they might be you know, oh, we have Wall Street, we have Manhattan, we have more millionaires than in the state. If that's if that's the case, I don't know, but they have to be up there, right? There's going to be a certain breaking point to your point where people are going to be like, listen, we're just not going to take this anymore. These yeah. other states are so attractive. Or they just reorganize their affairs. They yeah. go, oh, you know what? I, I could just go to Florida for 181 yeah. days a My year. My primary residence the, will be The in biggest Florida. mistake would be thinking you're so great. No one's ever going to leave. You know, right. we have Manhattan that will always yeah. bring some people. You can't be ignorant to. Yeah. Complacent. Yeah. yeah you can't people, be ignorant yeah. to that stuff. But to that point, Trump's open to changing the salt deduction provision. So, wow. Yeah, that would be a freaking Huge. home run. Yeah, supposedly it's being discussed that 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 might be removed. See, I like that. I like that. I like on. that he made a decision 
and maybe it wasn't a good decision. Yeah. And he's saying, I'll, you know, I'm open to changing it. I think, you know, it'd be great if more people within leadership positions did that, that it can admit making a mistake mm-hmm. and then and then correct it or change course. You know, you don't have to stick to your guns 100% of the time on everything. Mm-hmm. No, you shouldn't, actually. That's bad leadership. You have to evolve. Yeah. So construction costs continue to climb in New York City. So this is pretty wild. For people around the country, I mean, and even on Long Island, the difference between doing a construction project here per square foot in the city, you don't realize how different it is. So if you build a house here on the island, it might cost you $200 a square foot, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that ballpark, maybe 250 whatever. Yeah, it depends, but yeah. In the city for office space, this is not... This is not residential space, which is more money. It's $575 per square foot in wow. New York to build. And we've seen pre-war buildings because we know people that are adjusters who actually place values on these things that it could get almost as high as $1,000 a foot depending upon what's going on. And a lot of that has to do with a lot of people don't understand is in a pre-war building like a co-op building, let's say you're getting, you're having a renovation done. Mm-hmm. The the people who are doing the work they can't show up till ten o'clock because everyone's got to be out of the building uh, before I they heard come this in recently, and yeah. they have to be out of the building by three o'clock. And then how do they get all the? They also have to get all the materials in and all. I mean, just the infrastructure. It's all to labor. Handle that. It's all labor. Like on Long Island, if you're doing work to your house, I mean, you could have a pickup or a box truck or whatever come with the sheetrock and all this stuff, and you put it on the front lawn, and then you use it. I mean, Manhattan, <laughs> right. you can't do that. You can't just park in the street. And then unload onto the sidewalk and take. I mean, you get you know, it's just there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into it that makes it much more complex. Yeah, logistically. Yeah. So two. So here's another interesting little article. In a more competitive residential landscape, brokers are hunting for new territory. So we're starting to see these mega teams, like uh, the Eklund Gomez team and and other major teams play within different cities so they're opening up offices in la and they're going down to miami and they're Mm. playing in different markets now is this this is a good question is this a result of them just being so powerful they could do it or is this just a change in the in the days of your neighborhood or city realtor because the technology that is provided to us today to go do business that we're able to cast much of a wider net and play between different cities because of things like the World Wide Web. I mean, I don't think it's any different. It's just maybe on a smaller scale than, you know, a national brokerage extending. Like when Elliman first mm-hmm. went to Miami, you know? Yeah, but in, in, in previous years, a real estate... First of all, so 10, 15, 20 years ago... They started with teams, and then teams became teams. Before that, were taboo. It was just a, it was always a one man show. Right. Then teams became a thing, right? And now these teams are expanding to different cities. So I, I think it's possible, and it, it could be done. I mean, are they the 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 issue is again? These people have to be hiring 
experts in that area. You have to have good people locally that are always there. But I, so I think it's logical, right? These so the the teams you're talking about are teams that are selling five, ten, twenty million dollar properties. People who are buying buying those properties, Multi. they're they're buying properties. Yeah, they're buying properties in Miami, in LA, in Aspen, in New York, whatever, in London. Mm-hmm. You know, pick a pick a place that that crowd likes to go to. So. If you have a relationship with this guy, if you're Frederick Eklund, and you have a relationship with someone uh, who bought a $20 million property in Manhattan, and then you know because you're hanging out with them, having lunch with them, whatever, that they're looking to buy a property in L.A., it's, it's like, why? That's lost money. Why, yeah, why would I refer him to someone? Why don't I just open up in L.A. and I can open out in L.A. too? Now, you have to justify that person. Listen, I know what I'm doing in L.A., right? right? That person might – I mean, obviously, that person's smart. You would hope so if they, if they have that kind <laughs> of money. Um you know, that they're going to say, well, maybe I should just use a local LA person that really knows the market. But mm-hmm. that's where Frederick has to do a good job of getting the right people on board and, you know, continuing to build his brand and expand. So I think it's logical. So, yeah, inevitable. Douglas Elliman, this is pretty wild. Jesus. So, Douglas Elliman topped the Manhattan uh, sales charts, they did 8.99 billion in sales usually i think actually last year corcoran did more sales than element Mm -hmm. but usually they're somewhere neck and neck corcoran did 4.5 they doubled the number two as the number two wow compass was three with two with 2.01 this is uh united the whole united states this is manhattan manhattan just manhattan that's insane Mm -hmm. i wonder how much of that was resale versus new, new development well, new development is in the in the shit tank, so I'd have to think it's more resale. Right? De Niro was one of the top teams, and he was mostly resale, right? De Niro's one of the top teams. And he's mostly resale and tried back. I mean, he does some new development, yeah, but yeah. was it? Or he's like when I say mostly, maybe it was half and half. He's he's all downtown. I know that. Tribeca, well, mostly yeah. downtown. Mostly well, downtown. Yeah, Dad built that yeah, up. Yeah. But yeah, how sick is that? That that's a huge piece of the pie. Yeah, that, that's a really and agent count. Element has 1,999 agents. Corcoran has 1,320. So, but don't forget, I mean, of those 2,000 agents, there's probably 200 of them that are doing more than two deals a year. That's usually how that works. (laughs) Um, With that, Compass is not expanding to new markets this year. It seems... They're slowing down. They're pumping the brakes. It's probably because the stock market took a little bit of a hit at the end of last year. Now they got to start making some and money. They, yeah, and they got to start showing profits, which will be interesting. They haven't shown any profit yet. <clears throat> they, they, I, I don't even know how they're raising all that money, but their valuation. So, Mike and I discussed this on on a previous podcast. Dottie Herman bought her share of Douglas Elliman, which was. I forget what percentage share, but the valuation of the company was only like $150 million based on her buyout. Yeah. And they were value, their valuation on Wall Street was like $6 billion. And meanwhile, they, did, they, don't, they don't do anywhere near what Douglas Elliman does, yeah. at least locally in the city. So none of it makes sense. And, no. and apparently they're not it's, showing, it's hype it's, or perception. They were giving yeah. crazy deals to agents. They're giving them 100% commission for the first, you know, 12 oh, so months. They're just trying to they're, they're, yeah, pick the best talent. Yeah, it's crazy. It's They did a lot well, of poaching. Smart. It's smart. How much, oh. Do you know how much money they've raised so far to build it, what the total is? No. I think it was – I've heard – 
if I if I recall correctly, it was like four hundred and fifty million dollars here, four hundred fifty million. Where does the valuation come from? They're gonna have to sell a lot of real estate to get that uh, profitable. I don't even. I I don't know where their valuation comes from or how they're selling it, but I think what what their position is, they have these technologies in place that to do what? I don't know. At the end of the day, you have to like sell real estate. So yeah, and it's a relationship business, and really, you're only as good as your agents. That's why agents, in the end, are actually becoming more powerful than the brokerages mm-hmm. today because they're back- the brand, the agents of the brand, whereas the brokerage yeah. used to be. Yeah, exactly. The brokerage used to pay the lease on the on the office front and do all that stuff and carry all those costs and take on the liability and. That was before agents can be more forward-looking to the customer today because of the internet. So brokerages are losing their 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 pull in the market, and and agents are kind of taking over. That's why commission cuts have gotten so much higher in the agent side than they they were previously. So hmm. it's a good business to be in. <laughs> but um, guys, I'm gonna let you finish up this podcast without me. Think? I have to get to an inspection for a million dollar house. We'll hopefully be putting into contract soon. <laughs> Yes. Um, at 10 a.m. So. Well, we're wrapping I up fun anyway. Today. We're wrapping up anyway. All right, guys. <clears throat> if you want to get in touch with us, you could always give us a call. Our number here in the office is 516-888-9711. Our email is info at pl-team.com. That's info at pl-team.com. Uh, if you're looking to buy or sell a home this year in, in the upcoming market of 2019, give us a, you know, reach out to us. Be happy to come meet you and walk you through some good stuff. Uh, John, anything to add? Hope you enjoyed. All right, boys. Take care. See you next time.